Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on 101.9 High FM on the Finding Human program. And I'm very pleased to welcome my guest on Zoom from Israel, Devorah Kerr. Hi, Devorah. Devorah recently published her book, Man's Search for Healing, which is a logotherapy approach to healing through meaning. Before we, I even introduce her, I think I must first thank my sisters-in-law, Zelda and Sheila, who purchased the book in, on Amazon in London for me. And Zelda then brought it back to South Africa in time for this program. So I'm so pleased because uh, it's a wonderful book. I'm really enjoying it. Now, let me just introduce you, uh, Devorah. You're a professional logotherapist, a somatic experience practitioner, which is the body um, uh, experience, a reflexologist and bereavement counselor. And you're very passionate about helping people. You have a wellness, you run a wellness program in Israel and uh, and you have four children, so you are four daughters. You're incredibly busy. <laughs> Welcome, Devorah. How are you today? Hi. So wonderful to be with you. You know, when I actually um, read your book, the first thing that came to mind is something that um, Frankel had said, which was, the meaning of your life is to help others find the meaning of theirs. Mm. And then, mm. as I read your book, I realized that you were going to help many, many people to find meaning in their lives. Just through your book, your chapters, I'm going to just go through a few of your chapters and just so that people can get an idea of what's in store for them. First of all, you acknowledge your teachers, uh, Taria Chantel, uh, Kanda, Dr. Kanda, uh, Dr. Kimor, you mentioned Pan. Paniyoti, which she also sent a message through for you. I'm going to read it later. Then you talk about what is meaning, the mind-body connection, what is illness, the difference between being healed and cured, and on and on you go, attitude and gratitude, how I broke my neck, post-traumatic growth, forgiveness, letting go and liberation. What did it feel like? on that note, on the liberation note of letting go all these wonderful concepts that you were bringing into your book. Yeah, so actually, I, I hear you speaking. Um, I feel so warm inside when you say, when you read Dr. Frankel's quote, and that's that really is my mission. What I want to be able to do is help people help themselves. Um, I really believe that uh, inside all of us, we have the ability to become who we meant to be, as he says. And uh, this book, I feel, has the tools to help people who are struggling in life situations and specifically with health situations to grow through their meaning, to move past asking the question of why does this happen to me or why, why do I have to have these challenges or this illness to what can I do now? So, so I feel quite passionate about that. And I feel that the book is uh, going to provide that for people. 
very much so. So really what you what you also have said in the book that it's not always about curing, it's about healing. Yeah. And I think that's a very important aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um you know what? Um a hundred percent fact is that everyone is at some point gonna die. Like that is like not something we can argue against. The greatest of people that has happened to Mandela, Victor Frankel, Mother Teresa, you know, wonderful people, Moses, wonderful people before us have their lives have ended. So um we're not really looking to change that fact. What we are looking to do is using the life that we have been given in the most meaningful way possible. And um and you know it's it's that question again of um life asking us what the mean that's questioning us. And yeah. mm-hmm. um and we have to answer to what life is asking of us. Absolutely, absolutely, and and we are called to answer that question every day, sometimes every day. in a small way and sometimes in a bigger way. And if we get well, used to it, yeah, in the smaller ways, then when the big big ones show up, um, like the chapter that I wrote, How I Broke My Neck, um, it's coming up to uh, almost a year ago. So, so when we are show, when we are asked, you know, to show up on a big way, if we've been practicing with the little things, then we are better able to suit up for when the big things show up. Very definitely. And before I get to your neck, because you're looking beautiful, by the way, no mm-hmm. neck brace, holding yeah. your neck up straight up, Baruch Hashem, really. Baruch Hashem. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. you have had other challenges in your life. I want to talk about your your making Aliyah, going to go and choosing to go and live in, in Israel with yeah. your family. Okay. So um, since I was 15 years old and I went on Ulpan to Israel, uh, the, the seed was planted, the bug, <laughs> Zionism and a very strong connection to the land and the people. And I wanted to always go. And actually, I opened my uh, my family's tick in uh, 2001. And then it took me about 10 years to convince my husband. <laughs> And uh, um, one day it, it just all fell in place and uh, it was meant to be. And in 2011, we actually made Aliyah. So for me, it was really a big dream, a huge dream to to come and now to live and work. And uh, be in Israel is uh, a spiritual dream as well as a Zionistic dream. So to be a part of the land and the people is just beyond beyond words. But before that feeling came in, and I'm sure you were always Zionistic. Yeah. But before that feeling of knowing you were living there and you were actually touching the land, yeah. there were challenges, weren't there? You went with yes. your four daughters. Of course, my and my husband. Yeah. Four, yeah, it wasn't easy at all. And where I was very lucky is I had already, before we made Aliyah, I'd started studying in logotherapy at UNISA. With my wonderful teacher, Dr. Taria Chantal. And my teacher also and mentor. <laughs> yes, yes. And she was actually the supervisor of my, um, my logotherapy thesis project, which was such a gift to have her. I really feel as if Taria, who studied under Dr. Victor Frankel, she's almost like Yehoshua is to Moshe. So <laughs> I feel like I have her guidance above me, which has been very, very meaningful. So after I completed the introductory course at UNISA, I went to, we, we decided to make Aliyah and I went to Taria and I said, listen, Taria, I won't be able to continue. I'm going to live overseas. 
So she said, oh, where are you off to? So I said, I'm going to Israel. She says, marvelous, I live in Modi'in. And I'm like, what? I couldn't believe it. And she said she told me her story, how she converted, and that she's a Jewess, and that she lives in Israel. And she invited me to join her private logotherapy class. So from the minute I landed in Israel, with all the challenges that came with me, on the one hand, I was dealing with all the difficulties of my teenage children and my husband and myself adjusting to a new culture, new language, you know, working situations. On the other hand, I had this incredible support for growing the logotherapy um, inside of me and nurturing that side, which helped me get through the challenges of Ania. How fantastic. It just came when you were meant to have it, which yeah. is, is that synchronicity of life, which it's so beautiful if you just allow it to unfold. Yeah, absolutely. As you're speaking, it reminds me of something that Rumi said, because you're talking with such passion about logotherapy, about uh, Dr. Taria Chantel, about your alia, what Israel means to you. And Rumi said, let the beauty of what you love be what you do. Absolutely. That's such a beautiful, beautiful quote. Um, it is such a beautiful quote. What a beautiful quote. And um, I think when we when we do what we love, it, it brings so much joy into our lives as well. You know, especially if if what we are doing is of service to others as well. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on one hundred one point nine High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on one hundred one point nine High FM, and I'm back with Deborah. And we're about to hear a very short YouTube by Viktor Frankl on dealing with pain. Thank you, Craig. We're going to meet Viktor Frankl, the internationally famous psychiatrist, writer, and lecturer. He deals with the most common ailment of our time, meaninglessness. Certainly nobody of us is spared suffering at one time or another. But everybody in the midst of suffering, he's given, a he's given a chance to bear testimony of the human potential at its best, which is to turn a personal tragedy into a human triumph. Dr. Frankel, what is meant by logotherapy? Uh, therapy means uh, healing, and logos means meaning. Thus, logotherapy is really healing through meaning, although this, of course, is an oversimplification. The lesson one could learn in Auschwitz and in other concentration camps in the final analysis was those who were oriented toward a meaning, toward a meaning to be fulfilled by them in the future were most likely to survive. Is a finite freedom, a limited freedom. That is to say, a human being is never fully free from conditions, be they of biological or psychological or sociological uh, kind. But the ultimate freedom is always and remains always reserved to ourselves. That is the freedom to take a stand to whatever conditions 
might confront us. How we react to the unchangeable conditions is up to ourselves. In other words, if we cannot change the situation, we have always the last freedom to change our attitude to that situation. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, it's Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Deborah Kerr from, from Israel. And we were talking about her book, which has just been published, called Man's Search for Healing. And it's a logotherapy approach for heal, uh, uh, to healing through meaning. This has come through, uh, Pans sent this to me for you, Devorah. And um, I see that you've got a whole chapter actually for Pan on uh, when she writes about um, her, her terrible pain and how forgiveness comes in. And um, she she said, uh, just hang on a sec, uh, uh, actually, uh, yeah. it's wonderful to hear about your now published book, Devorah. I'm super proud of you. I can't wait to receive my copy on the 19th. Your diligence, passion and hard work has paid off. And you have inspired me to finish my own book, which should be done in a week or two. Thank you so much. And thanks to Sue also for hosting you today. Lots of love, Pan. And uh, uh, I'll give out Pan's numbers for the Victor Frankl Institute in South Africa later. Thank you so much, Pan, for that. If you would like to send us a message, you may on 34519. Or you can telegram us on 061-895-1019. Deborah, coming back to you. You've just heard Victor Frankl talking about the choices that we have in our lives to change the circumstances, they're not the circumstances, but how we look at them and our attitude towards them. Now, you um, you actually had your own unbelievable traumatic experience when you lost your father. Could you talk about that for a moment? You, you brought it up in your book, and I also read something of yours on, uh, on, YouTube, on um, Google. Okay. Uh, and when I actually, we've had your time for my father this, this past week, which was 25 years ago. Um, and, uh, his name was, uh, Harry Bloom, Tzvi, Tzvi Ben Yosef. And, um, I was 26 at the time. So it's almost half my life. Um, mm. when, when all of this took place. So when he was diagnosed with colon cancer, I was in a different career in interior design at the time, very happily uh, being creative. And um, I became very interested in what the patient can do to help themselves. And I started reading any book I could get my hands on. And uh, a specific book was um, uh, Love, Medicine and Miracles by Dr. Bernie Siegel. And that book literally planted the seed in me, which eventually I uh, would change careers and leave the creative world and move into a world of healing. And um, it, it because he so uh, empowers people to become active participants in their healing journey. And this really spoke to me. I wanted to know, you know, is everything up to the doctors or what role does the patient play? 
And this became even um, until this day, this has become what, you know, my service to people and to myself on what we can do as to be an active participant in our own healing, that it is not up to others and outside forces, that it is partially, but it is also up to us to show up and take on the struggle this and the difficulties and see what we can do about it. Absolutely. And, you know, Therese Chantal always said, it's that call of creation. Adam, where are you? Absolutely. Adam, where are you? Yeah. And tell me, did that help your father in, in his illness, that the book by Bernie Siegel? Um, I know my father read the book. Um, they were actually, he was actually given the book as a gift by, um, Sue Fox and Johnny Fox. They gave, they gave my father the book. We are related. And, um, then the book landed in my hands. And I know that in those, in those days back then, things weren't really discussed. And it was very painful for my father to speak about his illness and his knowledge of his impending, his impending death. So it was very challenging for him. But I think even and if what I've learned in the years since then with being privileged to work with people is that even if you know that this is going to be your end and that there isn't going to be a cure for what you are suffering from, there is still a way where one can find healing in their lives, where one can sort out the relationships and end off life in the most beautiful way. And I think this is what my father did, even although I was only 25 at the time when he was six, when he was sick, it was, it was still something a little bit difficult for me as I was just new to this world of understanding. So, um, I know for me, what was very important was to communicate with my father about his illness, about saying goodbye, about how hard it would be for me. And, um, this was very hard for him to even have these conversations. And so I, at one point I started begging for a letter. Please, I begged my mom, please. I want a letter from dad. And uh, and eventually, actually, 10 days before he died, I received my letter. Aww. And um, such a beautiful something that I can go back to and connect to and help me with my healing. So was it an acknowledgement of you as his daughter? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And a bracha for my future. You know, mm. my father, as I, I, I dedicate the book to him, and I'll just write a short line, which is, everyone should have a cheerleader. I love that. And that was my dad in my life. And, uh, and, and I think after he died, I had to learn how, um, how to create a new relationship with him, that he could still be my cheerleader. And he still is today, to this day. So, yeah, so, you know that I would like to actually dedicate this program to your dad, then, especially if you've just had your side for him. Thank but, you. But you know, it's it's what you say. It's that um, sometimes it's the gift as you, with you. It was the gift of a letter that your father sent you, and of course Bernie Siegel as well. But I had my own experience last week. My daughter Shira, who lives in Ranana, you know her, I think. Uh, she and her two children were going back after spending circus with us. And um, the day that she was leaving, she was tearful. I was tearful. Uh, her little girl of three and a half was tearful. Everyone was tearful. 
And her little girl said, Mommy, why are you crying? And she said, remember I told you, you know, we're allowed to cry, you know, when we're feeling things, but we soon stop crying. So this little girl looked at me and she said, you know, Safta, you mustn't cry. So I said, oh, why? So I said, you know, I cry because, because I love you so much. So she said, yes, but you must remember they're invisible threads. That, that she didn't say invisible thread. She said, they're threads that connect your heart and my heart wherever we are. And uh, I said, really? So she said, yes. I said, what color is my thread? She said, oh, softer. it's purple. And anyone who knows me will know that I love purple. And then I said, and what color is Zayda's thread? And she said, dark blue with just a bit of turquoise. And it was such a lovely thought. And then... Um, Apparently, if you if you tug the, the the string twice, it means you need a hug from the other person. So it's whether you whether the other person lives somewhere else. And I really offer this to all the all who's listening in, who's got children all over the place, all over the world, or who has lost people, because it also is that invisible thread that connects <laughs> us through our lives to all people who we care about, whether they're care in person or not absolutely what a beautiful insight from such a little girl yeah how beautiful absolutely beautiful you know i mean part of life is um saying goodbyes and um i think where we might feel like we can't change the circumstances we can have control in what we do around them and how we show up to them, which is exactly what um, Dr. Dr. Frankel says. And it's so, it's so hard because, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of quotes of his that I love so much. I know. I love them all in your book. Yeah. But one, one that I'd love to just share with your listeners is forces beyond your control can take away everything um, you possess except one thing which is your freedom to choose how you will respond to the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that freedom of choice. Yeah. And I think it's so unbelievably, it's a gift to us if we actually realize that life is a gift of choices. And wherever we go, you know, we might fall apart for one moment, but we have the choice to pick ourselves up again. And okay. the other thing that he said that I love, is as each situation in life represents a challenge to man and presents a problem for him to solve, the question of the meaning of life may actually be reversed. Ultimately, mm-hmm. a man should not ask what the meaning of life is, but rather he must recognize that it is he who is asked. In That's a way, nice. each man is questioned by life, and he can only answer to life by answering to his own life. To life, he can only respond by being responsible. Absolutely. And, and the word resp- um, responsibility means our ability to respond. So how we show up, it is up to us and can we take responsibility? I speak about it in the book because I feel it's so important to empower people that, yes, you may not have a choice in the situation right now, but there is still so much which you do have choices around and where you can be empowered. And I think once a person is empowered, you know, if you look back on the on uh, on the um, pandemic that we've had and looks like it might be flaring up again, 
you know, it has been a time of equalizing because it's been the whole world who has been affected, not just a certain amount of people. And I think it's it's taught each person individually. And if you ask people what their meaning has been in this time, everyone will respond to you differently because yes. they all have their own ideas of what actually happened. But I think the main thing is that we've got to introspect and retrospect. So we have to look within ourselves. What happened to me in this time? What has happened? How have I dealt with it? And then we can ask the question, how should I be dealing with it? What can I still do? Because a lot of people are suffering from a long-term COVID from fear. A fear has definitely happened in the world. And I think that's a huge, uh, a, a huge thing for people to enjoy your book right now because mm-hmm. they will find so many ways of dealing with the problems of everyday life. So actually when you speak about COVID, there, there was a, a, a wonderful saying going around at the time, which was, we are all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. And I found that quite empowering. Um, and, and it's not that everyone experienced COVID the same. It was totally different for everybody. And, and each person needs to respond in their way. For me, as also as a reflexologist, when we went into lockdown, they closed my business. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and, and when I asked the question to myself, not why me, but what now? That's when actually the book started being written. Um, so freed up time to allow me to do this project, which actually Taria had been nagging me for years to get onto. And, yeah. um, and so that's, that's what COVID opened up a door for me in that way. So have you started it before you broke your neck? Yes, I had actually finished it. <laughs> um, oh, you can. I was, my deadline was December 2021. And, um, I, I, I was already writing the acknowledgement. The book was finished. And, um, on the 27th of December, that's when I had my, my terrible accident and broke my neck. And actually, when, when you look back, cause the, it was, it was a very traumatic experience. And, um, and I'm so grateful to also be involved in the somatic experiencing community, which is trauma. I'm a trauma therapist as well, working in the body that that helped me um, release the trauma of the event to be able to to heal so quickly and so well. So so I really feel that 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 was a huge help for me. We're going to get back to that shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. And Professor Jeannie Rudolph has just sent a message through to say, um, I'm listening in my car. Who are you interviewing about her book? Hi, Jeannie. Um, I'm interviewing Devorah Kerr, and her book is called Man's Search for Healing, and it's a logotherapy approach to healing through meaning. And Jeannie, I think you would enjoy it. Everyone listening in, I think you would all enjoy it. Right, we're going back to, to your breaking your neck story. Um, take me back to the initial shock of what actually, tell our listeners what helped happen. Okay. okay. Um, it was a winter morning and I was, 
I was doing a physiotherapy stretch for my lower back that my physiotherapist had given me. And I was attached to like um, a strap, like a TRX to my bedroom door. And just to be careful that, you know, the door wouldn't open, I double bolted it. And I had been doing it for a couple of days already. And the stretch was marvelous for my lower back. You climb into the strap and you do like a downward dog um, stretch and it was very opening and I had my hands on the wall next to me so giving an extra opening and then the strap malfunctioned and unraveled and it dropped me on my head oh my word yeah so that was very very scary and I write the story in the book but what I knew I knew something was wrong I knew it was bad and I had watched enough Grey's Anatomy to know that I mustn't get up <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. And I was also <laughs> in my bedroom by myself in a locked door behind a, oh, a locked word. door. Terrifying thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I feel so blessed even in that moment that as a trauma therapist, I knew how to respond to myself as if I was my own patient, my own client. And I knew when the, you know, the shaking in my body and the electricity in my neck started that this is exactly what's meant to happen. And I could be there for myself in a very meaningful way to calm myself down. Hmm. And I had also around me being my bedroom, many resources of things I love to look at and things I like to see and special memories that took place in my bedroom that could provide me with, um, the, the calm that I needed to help the panic that my body was experiencing. So you actually calmed your mind enough to look around and yes. see what could help you. Yes. I remember saying to myself, Devora, and I was stroking my arm, this is exactly what's meant to happen. Everything's okay. And look around, look at your beautiful plants, look at your photos, look at, you know, everything around me. Um, was was there which could bring me comfort. So, I, and this is something we do in trauma therapy: is we we bring in resources to help release the trauma as well. Amazing. Yeah. And then what happened? Go on, telling us the story. So then I was reaching out to people who could help me, and uh, my husband was away up north, so he was two hours away. So I reached out to friends and family who could come and I knew, you know, someone has to get this door open and get me out. And, and I read in your book that you, you managed to reach your phone. Yes. Baruch Hashem, you know, everything, um, happens for a reason. I like, and, and in synchronicity, as you say, I slithered out the way and I was lying on the cold floor. So I pulled my duvet from my bed to cover me and on my duvet was my phone. So my phone landed on me, which was really um, uh, such a blessing that I could call for help. Mm. And my daughter, I had a daughter, my daughter Tully was at home and thank God. And she also jumped into action. And, you know, within minutes, as you know, we have also Hatsola here and um, the fire fire brigade came and um, my my wonderful neighbor he brought his crowbar to break the door open and uh, within minutes like also knowing that there was help on the other side of the door helped me as well knowing you know help is coming and i could also calm myself by re, you know by telling myself help is on the way and Sue, it looks like you've frozen. Are you still hearing me? No, I'm, I'm still hearing you. Okay. So it, it was very calming for me to know, you know, within minutes they will come in and they will get me to hospital. 
And um, actually, I, when I was lying there, because there was so much pain in my head, I thought it was um, uh, something to do with my brain. And um, I had read this book by, I've forgotten the name, uh, My Stroke of Insight, which is this uh, scientist who has this uh, stroke, and she's a brain scientist, and she knows exactly where the stroke is happening. So I knew from her book that uh, because I could wiggle my feet, I kept telling myself, this is a good sign. And I knew my name, and um, I knew what day it was. So I could keep reassuring myself that, you know, I, I think everything's okay, even although my body was telling me it's not. So, so it was all in your attitude, really, of, of how you actually accepted what was happening to you. You didn't yes. get into the panic or the fear. You yeah. chose your attitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so funny, Sue, because the book was written and then in my recovery afterwards, it was like I had to take every chapter from the book and apply them to my life, which which made it actually so rich that I could add a bonus chapter to the book on, you know, walking your talk. And Absolutely. That's why I thought perhaps you had written it after while you were still recovering. <laughs> For no. people who actually want to get Devorah's book, it's not in South Africa yet. Just tell us when it's going to be here. Okay, it actually is in South Africa. It's really super exciting. Oh, good. Yes, there yeah. are two, there's two places where it is available, and it is already available. You can go today to get one. Um, the first place is at the Collel Bookshop in um, Glen Hazel. They have stock, and my sister, Lana Shanefeld, is also selling it. So if people know Lana, um, you can get in touch with her, and she has books as well. Great. And the Collel Bookshop is K-O-L-L-E-L. I'm not allowed to advertise, but um, David danced at my third wedding with my husband. So um, definitely thanks, David, for dancing many, many, <laughs> many years ago. And yep. this is a free advert for the Collel. And David danced at my wedding too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> David and Fiona are dear friends of ours. So. Uh, Good. Yeah. Well, funny enough, David says that we were the first wedding he, he danced at with the Colel group. <laughs> now, you know, your story of the neck, your neck, reminds me of Jerry Long. Victor Frankel talks about Jerry Long. And he was a young boy who dived into a, 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 a it's almost like a trench, I suppose. They thought it was very deep. He was 17 at the time and he broke his neck. And when he eventually got hold of Victor Frankel, he sent him a message and he said that he had broken his neck, but it had not broken him. Oh, and, he went, and he went on to become a psychiatrist, a logotherapist, to be a motivational speaker, to help many, many people. He remained uh, paralyzed from the neck down. And with all of that, he still managed to realize that there was a deeper meaning in all of this, and the meaning was for him to reach out and be an example. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. And now, to be is such a wonderful um, privilege to help people on an empathic level, especially as I have been through um, something so challenging that I can, I feel it brought a a deeper level of understanding to the helplessness that can come with an injury. It's not like 
all of a sudden I broke my neck and then I was just jumped into action of being fine. No, there was a, there was a process of tears and hardship and difficulty. And I had this huge cage almost around my neck, which was very, very challenging. So it's not like it just, you just become okay and, and you get over it. it. There's a process and that's also okay to get through that in a loving way. And that's the demand quality of life. That uh, the moment by moment, how we are challenged by that demand quality. We're going, thank you, Craig. We'll be back shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Devorah Kerr. And we're talking about her book and many other things, which you'll find subjects in her book. And the book's called Man's Search for Healing. And it's a logotherapy approach to healing through meaning. You can get it at the Colel Bookshop already and through her sister, Ilana. Lana, if your business has lined up unbeatable deals for Black Friday, we would love you to tell our listeners about it. Call the High FM office on 0101 40 40 90 by the 17th of November, 101.9. FM 101.9 megahertz of life. Hello, Devorah. I'm back with you again. And you know what? We're going to be kind of told so shortly to, to wrap up. So I just wanted to say what Pooh Bear said, and I love this. So for all of you who are uh, have said goodbye to children who have gone live overseas or you're going to be living overseas, Pooh Bear says, how lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. That's what he says to Piglet, and I love that. Now, Devorah, on a different tack, there's uh, the sun and the moon are in alignment tomorrow, well, tonight, actually. Uh, my friend Judy from Australia let me know. This is her exact message. On a different tack, if you're interested, the earth, Sun and moon are in alignment tomorrow night, creating a blood moon eclipse. It's the last full lunar one till 2025. What does nature mean to you? Uh, nature is a huge resource of mine. And um, actually living in Israel has been so wonderful because the closest teal, the closest hike is really close and I spend a lot of time in nature. So nature is really where I feel alive and I feel open and I feel connected spiritually in nature. And for me, it is a, a huge resource. And yeah, everyone needs to find what their resources are. Um, and there's so much we can learn from nature in, you know, bring into our own lives. I mean, even the fact from the moon, we can learn that, uh, you know, it disappears, it waxes, it wanes, it gets bigger, it, then it disappears. There's fullness of it. It reaches potential. And this is really, I think, like the story of our lives. So that is how life goes. Um, on the heart monitor machine, you know, something which goes up and down is the sign of life. And this is what happens in our lives is that things get difficult and things are wonderful. And how we move, I think, between the two of them is, um, is, is really, we have a choice how we, you know, transition between the challenges and the, the blessings as well. Exactly as Pooh says, when we, we create relationships, um, it is something that uh, can be so meaningful. 
Absolutely. And when you talk about the, the moon, you know, I was just thinking when it's dark in one area of the world, it's light in another. Yeah. And I think that's also what happens in our lives. We yeah. do go yeah. from darkness to light. And it is that demand quality of life. What is life asking of us right now, perhaps in the darkness? I don't know if you've noticed that I'm sitting with a torch on here. I'll show it to you. <laughs> because, <laughs> because all our electricity is off and our inverter is not working. But thank goodness I've got a separate inverter for my computer, which is an absolute brocha. Now, in Israel... Uh, you, you mentioned in one of the, your posts about the trauma of the sirens. Right. right. Just tell me a bit about that. We're probably going to be told to wrap up. We are already, but just tell me shortly about that. So, the, and this is, um, this is a beautiful thing actually. How I started to connect to the sirens is, um, we firstly had to get used to that shortly after our aliyah. We had to get used to running to our bomb shelter. Um, but how I feel about the siren is that this is this incredible blessing that the government can alert all its citizens to get to safety. So each time I hear the siren, I feel the sense of unity with Am Yisrael all around wow. me, that we are all given this, um, yes, this is dangerous, but here's your gift, get to safety. Wow. So, yeah. What a way of looking at it. Yeah. Changing that negativity to something of connection. Yeah. And interconnectedness. That's beautiful. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. Deborah, please give, okay, I'm being told to wrap up. I'd like to first of all give the Victor Frankel Association in South Africa, uh, address out because I have been a few messages coming through asking. Admin at, uh, VFISA, all small, dot co dot za. And phone number 0793700702. And you can speak to Paniyoti Rael. And uh, Deborah, just give me your email address for people who would like to contact you. Okay. It's K-U-R dot Devorah, D-E-V-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. And my website is um, dkwellness dot C-O dot I-L. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on my program. We're going to be ending with a, a song, Search for the Hero Inside Yourself. And you. uh, what I loved, it said, says, search for the hero inside yourself. Search for the secrets you hide. Search for the hero inside yourself until you find the key to your life. How beautiful. And thank you, Sue. This has been wonderful to meet you this way and to all my friends and family that are listening and being so excited for me. Thank you for your love and care. Thank you so much, Deborah. The podcast will be out later for anyone who wants to pick it up. Go on to Chaya FM, Finding Human, and you'll find our podcast. Thank you again, Deborah. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Makundi, and thank you, Bussi.